Hi, I'm Marlene Letts. I'm Evelina Lundqvist. You're listening to Love Zero Waste. This Instagram Live is part of a series of interviews we're doing called Three Things I've Learned, where we talk to experts in the zero-waste space about their most important learnings. Our guest in this episode is Bay Area US-based engineer and entrepreneur Aaron Feigelman. Aaron is a former UCLA student and Tesla employee, and he's recently started his own business, The Kava Project. The Kava Project is a materials science company developing functional materials from food waste, starting with coffee waste. How are you today? Good. How are you, Evelina? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Awesome. We're so happy to have you with us today. How did you get into material um, science uh, development or innovation based on coffee of all things that are out there? I think it was ultimately related to just curiosity. I've always been really interested in sustainability. I started working at Tesla when I was in college, and I figured that was the only real way of having impact in the sustainability space. But I realized food is a major inefficiency in the um, sustainability sort of uh, stream globally. Um, And I figured, hey, there's nobody really working on looking at food waste real science in the the United States, um, Canada, sort of. North America. So I figured I wanted to take that on and there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. Coffee I like because it's so distributed and so ubiquitous. Um, it's consumed by 63% of Americans. Um, and of course, it's like it exists at company level, it exists at the consumer level. So I figured there's just a lot of different nodes where you can collect from, which makes for a lot of different potential business models. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because we've spoken to other um, people in the reuse space before that are also sourcing used materials. It can be anything from old skateboards to um, mason jars to all kinds of other materials, also food waste. And they say that it's difficult to source the materials in the right quantities and at yeah. the right time. Is that true for coffee as well? Or is it just uh, such an abundance of it out there? It all depends on the business model, right? Like if you're if you're doing specialty stuff, like where it's like very high high cost uh, like ingredients, for example, you're selling like hundred dollar pound ingredient, then you don't need millions and millions of pounds of material to make a solid business. If you're doing lower uh, cost upcycling, where it's like you know you're selling something for a couple dollars and it's like you need really large volumes, then it becomes trickier. So it's all a matter of scale. Um, mm. When you really scale large, that's when it starts becoming a problem, and that's one yeah. of the hardest parts about. Um, really the waste industry. That's very interesting. So what is a typical Kava product? Can you tell us a bit about your product? Yeah, I created this company for science, right? So like I start with science first, what can we make? What are some new innovations that we can create from food waste and then sort of find a product market fit? Um, Examples of things that we've created uh, from the coffee waste stream, one is waxes. So waxes are essentially semi-solid fats, right? And coffee contains this and it can be modified. So that's what we're working on. And with that, you can easily make things like candles. So this is a product that um, we've been selling oh, mainly just to get consumer feedback. Um, this is a, you know, I've been, I've been burning this a lot, so it's almost gone. Uh, okay. What you can see in here is a wax material. 
that mm-hmm. ultimately coffee can um, yeah coffee can make. Uh, other things include like bars of soap. So surfactants is the other thing we're working on. Surfactants is basically a um, a soap or a soap base. Most people don't know this, but fats are sort of the backbone of most food ingredients, most food products, most cosmetic products, most personal care products. So it has so many different applications. Um, other things, I literally like face wash. Like literally this morning, I was washing my face uh, with coffee, with with the oils from the fats from coffee, because ultimately face wash is made from fat. I can literally like have my whole day. Um, all, all the products <laughs> I consume have some bit of this material in it almost. Wow, that is that is really cool. So, and do they smell co- like coffee also? Yes and no. It's whatever you know, whatever the sort of need is. So yes, you, you, I can make it smell like coffee, and no, I, I can remove that uh, scent. Okay, that's good. Um, okay, so we're gonna skip over or jump over to the learning. Uh, and in preparing for this uh, interview, we asked you to group the, the different learnings uh, into three recent learnings. So we're going to walk through them uh, one by one. And uh, the first learning is the average American contributes to 35 pounds, that would be like 16 kilos of coffee waste per year, which is insane. That sounds like a lot. Uh, what, what have you learned from, from this? Ultimately, long term, I think it'd be really cool to really get the consumer involved. Um, because actually a lot of waste is at the consumer level. And coffee waste is a pretty significant waste stream that's coming from the average consumer because we drink so much coffee. That status for the United States, I think in Europe, it's even larger in certain places, um, more than this, because coffee is consumed in larger volumes in Europe. So if you drink three cups of coffee a day, this is approximately 35 pounds of uh, beans a year. And in that, you can produce uh, hundreds of products with that waste. So with just the fat alone, can make like hundreds of these with the amount of uh, coffee that is consumed by the average person. So theoretically, um, I did some you know rough calculations in San Francisco, which is where I live near. If everybody collected their coffee, used their coffee waste, they could pretty much power their, their cleaning and the personal care sort of surfactants uh, in their house. We wouldn't actually need to import other chemicals, you know, in the United States to make soaps, to make these kind of things. You could theoretically be reliant upon coffee if the business model worked out. So just mm-hmm. to give you an idea, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of really u- utility in this, in this waste stream. The amount is crazy. And um, how is it treated now? Most of this food waste or the coffee waste even, is it landfilled or? Compost? Depends where. So it depends where. So in California, which is again, where I live, um, there are pretty uh, intense mandates coming for ma- mandatory compost. However, it's not really happening. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like in, in where I live in the Bay Area, which is probably one of the most forward in the waste space in, in the United States. It's still not that good. I did waste evaluations for Starbucks, Pete's, all these big coffee companies and sort of saw that, you know, the, the, the employees, they, they'll throw it in the landfill bin if, if it's easier. There's no fine. There's not they're not going to be penalized if they don't do this, if, mm-hmm. they, if they put it in the compost bin, if they put it in the, you know, the landfill bin, whatever. Um, and on the consumer level, it's even worse. I used to live in Los Angeles, and there was no uh, compost bins at all. It's a long story short, it's not very good. I think that the government is ultimately going to need to step in and, and really push this, but um, mm-hmm. there is consumer interest. I'm seeing a lot of consumer yeah. interest in like, what do I do with my waste? Right? Because people feel kind of they feel kind of guilty. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there is so much potential for making this <laughs> for making this right. Okay, that's awesome. The second uh, learning is big corporations are looking to play a role in fixing the waste issue. And this is something that Malin and I are super interested in. How is this interest expressed? 
Yeah, so I can't say names right now because we're still like these long-term conversations, but I, what, part of the business model that Kawa employs is working with large entities, um, big, whether it's a big tech company or it's a, it's a coffee company, and helping them with their zero-waste strategies. You know, consumers are starting to be like, hey, big companies are one of them. Let's be honest, they're one of them. They're the main problem uh, with you know climate change, sustainability, whatever. They are the ones producing the bulk of the waste and just you know greenhouse gases. So they are feeling pressured. Um, some of them are feeling pressured to one signal that they are becoming more sustainable by doing things like zero waste initiatives. So whether it be a tech company that wants to upcycle their coffee waste into food products. Um, that is like one route that I'm kind of working with one of these big tech companies, um, whether it's a coffee company looking to convert their coffee waste into these kind of products that I just showed you earlier, soaps, candles, whatever, merch to sell their waste and, and monetize their waste. We can enable that as well. Um, and just when any other sort of waste technology solution, that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, it's such an early stage. It's really is an mm-hmm. early um, industry. I mean, waste is not early, but like innovation, actual innovation in waste that's not just mm-hmm. real estate landfill uh, dumping. That's where I think it's it's still early, and there's a lot of potential for Kawa to step in and um, mm-hmm. enable that. Mm-hmm. What are the reactions from these big corporations that you're getting? Are they interested, or why? Yeah. What is their motivation for? Yeah, yeah. Well, really, this with you? really depends. Let's say it's a tech company or a corporation. They don't really like deal with food stuff. It's more of like a non-related business model for them. Mm-hmm. It's very much like recruiting and um, PR. Like they, a lot of these, you know, these tech companies, they have, uh, you know, employees that are extremely valuable, extremely expensive as well, right? These people get paid quite a uh, large salaries and the differentiation Mm -hmm. between a Google, Facebook, whatever is not huge. It's culture that really defines it for the employees and and, and creating a more sustainable culture is actually a a differentiator for recruiting and, and, um, and, and, and and retaining employment. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, for like a uh, food-related company, I think it's more of a PR for the consumer. I think that's 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 mainly how that, that the motivation mm-hmm. works. But still, like yeah. it has to be economical, and that's the hard part. Figure out how to sort of pitch it in a way that will say, "Hey, this will actually benefit your bottom line." And that's mm-hmm. something that is really the ultimate the ultimate um, barrier or the ultimate thing that will unlock this space is like if it can actually benefit your bottom line, which I think it can in certain mm-hmm. scenarios. Especially yeah. talk about like Gen Z millennials, um, their habits being more interested in this kind of thing. I think they will drive a lot of the uh, the change here in a consumer level, which will then change mm-hmm. like the corporations to to consider this. That's good to hear. <laughs> we want more of that development. Uh, we want more of these big corporations to wake up to the fact that they need to participate in this transformation as well. Uh, yeah, so that's very interesting stuff that you're working on. So we're skipped to the third learning. Uh, the hardest part about figuring out new uses for food waste is the economics and the branding. Tell, yeah. tell me more about this. Yeah, so food waste is not like a sexy term. Um, and this is a true for most of these sort of uh, upcycled food companies. They talk about this a lot. There's ones like Regrained, ones like Renewal Mill. These are Bay Area based companies that convert food waste into food products like flowers and bake for baked goods. Um, from beer waste and things like uh, these type of, type of waste streams. They basically say that you know, upcycled, as of right now, they believe that it can't be the only benefit. And like consumers also here don't understand what that really means yet. It's not like, a, it's not like uh, greenhouse gas emissions or mm. carbon, you know, using these kind of terms. People understand that more, like carbon neutral, carbon zero, whatever. 
Um, upcycled is more foreign, a little more complicated. So I think that is a, a pretty big barrier to entry for like a company that is consumer facing in this space to appeal to consumers. So it's about education, which can be really expensive, um, mm-hmm. educating a consumer. That's a barrier. And then uh, economics, right? Mm-hmm. Economics is mainly a barrier if you're doing B2B stuff, um, in my opinion. So like selling ingredients, for example. So one of the things we make is oil that goes into these products is fat. Um, if you're selling it to another company, that they really care about the dollars and cents, the unit economics of if they're going to use your ingredient instead of somebody else's, that's maybe not as sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. For example, using, using this instead of a palm oil. Um, mm-hmm. That's when it becomes, you know, the dollars and cents really matter. And that's when it becomes very hard because when you scale, just scaling chemical processes is complex and there's a lot mm-hmm. of unknowns and it's yeah. just a highly risky, it can be highly risky from an investment standpoint mm-hmm. because of this unknown of like, is it going to, is it going to actually be economical at scale? You want, you want to spend a hundred million dollars building a plant and then, you know, realizing, Oh, it actually doesn't make any sense economically. Mm-hmm. So this has happened before with the, with the, with clean tech stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a big um, sort of uh, barrier in, 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 mm-hmm. in the space. But what kind of terminology do you feel that they understand or listen to? Is, are there any like, specific words or what would, yeah, consumers or the big uh, corporations? What, what do they listen well, to? Um, hmm. I think, I think using things like waste is not, I, I feel like that word is not really like super great for branding. I think like repurposed, regenerated, um, but I think as far as impact goes, I think trying to quantify the actual greenhouse gas emissions emitted is, is the ultimate goal, because that is understandable. Then translating that to this many cars off the road, right? These sort of translations, like things yeah. that people understand, because mm. people aren't going to spend an hour trying to understand what you're doing. It's just not how advertising works, right? Like, unless you're appealing to a very niche customer um, yeah. who really, really is like obsessed, but that can only make so big of a business. And then mm. almost, and then almost, and then so, you know, so much impact, really. If the mm. goal is to have as much impact as possible, that means you want to appeal to, in my opinion, as many people as possible. It's becoming trendy, especially here, minimizing your carbon footprint, offsetting your carbon footprint. Drake, the rapper, recently um, offset his entire carbon footprint. Wow. You know, okay. It's like a flex. It's like a sustainability flex. Uh huh. That's um, a nice role model <laughs> for people yeah, to look after. But like, I think zero waste, like, oh, I think you're sort of saying, oh, I'm, I'm using waste. I, I think in fashion, it actually works. Like that's, I think, mm. I mean, I think there's, there's a couple of companies that are doing upcycling in fashion, but I think mm. in the food cosmetics world, it's a newer, it's a newer sort of uh, trend. Mm. And that's where I think there's more education that's required and more refining of the, of the um, sort of brand positioning. Mm, that's interesting to hear. So we've been talking about the average American contributing 35 pounds or 16 kilos uh, of coffee waste per year, which is crazy. Uh, big corporations are looking to play a role in fixing the waste issue. And the third learning, uh, the hardest part uh, about figuring out new uses for food waste is economics and uh, branding. Uh, so drawing from all of these learnings, uh, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs that are starting out their companies in the zero waste space right now, maybe in material innovation, maybe in other corners of this space? What is your advice for them? I would say hop in, hop in for the ride. I mean, it's, it's definitely the kind of thing where, uh, you know, it's like there's so many unknown unknowns. If this, per- if this person is somebody who's like, I'm not, just, I'm not sure if I want to start a business in this space yet, I would say, like, um, it's definitely, like, the early days. It's the early days, and it's a good time to get in. 
Um, but it's also like in the sort of adoption curve of technology and things, it's definitely like in the early like S curve. So mm-hmm. like you got to be patient at this point. But um, if you believe in this cause, then it's definitely a worthy one to be in this. And there's so much white space right now because mm. it's just like a I mean, there's so much wasted food um, and, and just inefficiencies, whether it be corporate or consumer. Um, mm. Companies like Procter & Gamble are now starting to put out literal like requests for food waste technologies. So um, if they see it, then I think um, <laughs> they're probably right. They are like the monster that owns everything and they know kind of what's going on. They're kind of like big brother. <laughs> uh, but I mean, in, in a nice way, <laughs> like, they're not, like, like they just know everything, right. Cause they have all yeah, the consumer yeah. trends. So if they see it's coming, yeah. um, I think that now's a great time to join. So mm-hmm. I would say, go for it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's an awesome wrap up. Thank you so much, Aaron, uh, for talking to us today. And I want to encourage you all watching, listening to this, to hop on over to the Cover Project and follow them on Instagram as well for more coming updates. Do you want to say anything before we um, hang up uh, about the future plans of the Cover Project, what's happening around the corner? So we've released some products, uh, just like just kind of small scale. So we have no, we have not raised any, I've not raised any money yet. Um, so going to be raising a seed round in the next couple months to release some more products. Some of these ones that I showed you, but in a more like refined way. Um, and then I'll be announcing some larger like collaborations with cl- uh, big companies that I can't talk about now. <laughs> We're eager to hear more about that later on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this was great. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Cool. On. Thank you so much and uh, have a great evening day <laughs> where you yeah, are. Yeah, just get started here. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much to everybody listening and watching this. Talk to you soon again. Bye. You have listened to a Love Zero Waste Instagram Live interview with engineer and entrepreneur Aaron Fagelman. For our guests' website and social media handles and for sources and other interesting links, please check the show notes. We would love to get your feedback on the podcast. What did you learn? What topics do you want us to tackle in future episodes? Let us know. And do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. That makes it easier for more people to find us. Thank you so much for your support. Our jingle is made by Michelle Steinkellner of Merlin Sound. Love's Your Waste is a collaboration between Circulus and The Good Tribe. We're always open to new ideas and collaborations. Visit us on lovezerowaste.biz and lovezerowaste on Instagram. I'm Evelina Lundqvist. I'm Malin Lett and you've listened to Love Zero Waste.